the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There are a variety of denominations out there that will tell you there are things that can separate you from the love of God if you are a believer in Christ. The Apostle Paul, well, he's got something different to say here in Romans chapter 8. Join us and find out. story is told of a man who went to the altar for the umpteenth time, telling the pastor, oh, please pray that these cobwebs get taken out of my life. I'm tired of them, and I keep falling and slipping. Pastor says, I'm not going to pray that the cobwebs get taken away. I'm, I'm going to pray that the spider is killed. <laughs> you know, those cobwebs from time to time seem to impress upon us that we're outside of the love of God in Christ. Today in Romans 8, verses 28 through 39, the Apostle Paul reminds us that it is impossible for us to be separated from God's love. With more of this encouraging truth, here's Pastor Gary Wagner and today's Abounding Grace. This isn't a promise of bare survival. Well, I hope I make it to heaven. I'll think I'll barely make it there one day. No, no, the love of Jesus Christ lifted him up on the cross so that he will lift you up to heaven powerfully with endurance and patience if you seek him. But understand, we've got to believe that nothing is better than to be loved by Christ. Do you believe that? What sins are we coddling in our lives? What sins are you coddling? What fears do you have that you say, I'm just not going to give these up? I'm not going to give up this worry. What complaints do you keep making? And you're not going to yield them to God. You see, we hold on to things. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's pride. No, I don't want to read scripture. I don't want to pray. I want to do whatever I want to do. I want to watch my favorite TV show or play my favorite computer game or whatever it is. Just do my own stuff. You see, we are never, never going to be comforted by this promise in verse 35. That nothing can separate us from the love of Christ unless we firmly believe His love or believe to be loved by Him is the best and the sweetest thing in this life. In other words, we need to be conquered by Christ's love before we can become conquerors. Think of Peter. He was very resolute. He was an active man. He was no passive couch potato. Peter was strong, probably a little bit on the burly side. And he was the first to confess, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter was also the first and probably the last disciple that the Lord ever said, Get thee behind me, Satan. 
He was the first to draw the sword in the garden to protect the Lord. He walked on the boisterous seas to Jesus. Nothing would separate him from his Lord. He truly, deeply loved the Lord Jesus Christ. But in that love that he had for his Savior, there was a pride. There was a self-reliance. There was an I can do it. Peter, you're going to deny me three times tonight. By the way, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. Oh, no, no, no. I can do this. If everyone else flees, you can count on me. I'm your right-hand man, Jesus. Of course, we know what happened. Peter had to be melted. Peter had to be remade, and he was remade, remade by many things, and among the many things, by the love of the Savior. He never forgot that night. And later when he went out and he wept bitterly, Jesus said, Peter, I have prayed for you. He had heard his Lord pray many times. But that night in particular, that knowledge that the Lord still loved him, even though he knew what he was going to do, that knowledge of his Savior's love kept Peter from ending his life like Judas did. Jesus never told Jesus or Judas, I'm praying for you. I love you. He never told Jesus, Judas anything of the sort, but he told Peter. Peter, remember how the Lord had compassion upon the multitudes and fed them. Peter remembered how the Lord had healed the various people who had infirmities and bore our diseases and carried our sorrows. And perhaps I think Peter was there. And at a distance, he watched his master, his Lord crucified on the cross. And then some days later, maybe a week or two later, the Lord walked with Peter by the sea. And three times Jesus asked him, which matched Peter's three denials. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? I brought this out before, so I'm not bringing this up for hopefully reliving of the drama, but I want you to see something again. What melted Peter? Was it, Peter, do you know I'm coming to get you? Peter, don't you know I'm coming to get you? Peter, don't you know what a disappointment you are to me? Peter, don't you know how, how, how you have left me, let me down? The Lord didn't say any of those things, did he? Because he wanted Peter to know that his relationship with him was based upon something a lot more lasting than Peter's mere performance. Peter's stupidity. Peter's pride. Peter's I can do it. It was based upon the love of a Savior, a love that reached back into the farthest reach, reaches of eternity before Peter was ever born. So Peter is restored. He's recovered by the very love of Christ that nothing could separate Peter from. This is the same thing, brothers and sisters, that must be true of us. This Christ was the angel of God's presence with his people in the Old Testament. He is the creator word of God. This Christ in the New Testament is the water of life the wine of life, the bread of life, the shepherd, the door, the truth, the way, the resurrection, 
all of these things. And he loves us. He has always loved us. He laid down his life for us out of love. He obeyed in our place out of love. He rose again to certify our justification so that we would know how secure we are in God's love. And he now reigns for us in love. This is the banner over us. It is his love. And he prays for us in love that our faith fail not. So we are conquered and upheld and we become more than conquerors through this love of Christ. Do we think about that? Does it encourage us? I think two things are necessary for us to really appreciate God's love so that we will appreciate that we can't be separated from that love. One, who are we? And this is a real problem because everyone looks nice today. In fact, I don't smell any bad odors in here, so I take it for granted that most of you took your baths today. And we're nice people. Of course, we are Americans. We have automobiles. We live in houses. We try to at least put the dirt under the carpet. I mean, we take care of things. But do you know what Scripture says? Scripture says to every man, woman, and child, everyone in this room is filthy. Filthy. On our best day, all of our righteousness is like bloody rags before God. Unclean, gross, nasty. This is one of the reasons we don't appreciate how wonderful the love of Christ is because we don't appreciate how sinful we are. We do everything we can to cover it up and hide it and pretend we are better than we are. We make excuses to ourselves. We compare ourselves to others. And if you always compare yourselves to someone like Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, if they are your default, you're probably going to come out every time looking better. But don't compare yourself to these two or to Hitler or anyone else you know that is a hater of God. Compare yourself to Almighty God because Biden and Harris or anyone else are not the standard. Compare yourself to God's holiness, your maker, your creator who made you for himself. This is the standard. By, every, by which every one of us will be judged. And in comparison to that, we are unclean. We have lied. If we have not kept the Lord's day, we have lied against our Lord's resurrection. If you have mistreated your spouse, you have lied against our Lord's institution of marriage and his call to, to, to uh, oneness. If you have failed to give forgiveness to someone who asked for it, you have lied against our Lord's doctrine of reconciliation. I've done these things. I know I'm a sinner. And I'm filthy before Almighty God. And yet here is the second thing. That the Son of God would love such sinners. Who is he? He's not some sentimental guy we see in the movies. That's why I don't watch movies about Jesus. I don't want to have human images set up in my head. I see his image living in the scripture. You see, this is the thing. This Christ who loves us, 
He is the one who called the world into existence. He is the word of the Father. He is the angel who was with God's people and who killed the Assyrian army in one night. He is the Christ who walked on water and who looked at the sea and said, Be quiet. He is the Christ, our Lord, who reigns and does whatever he wants. He is the Christ who was very gentle with a woman who had the continuous flow of blood for years. He is the Christ who is very bold. And when he went into his temple, he made a whip and scourged all the thieves, driving them out. He is the Christ who laid down his life. He is the Christ, the Son of God, who clothed in our nature, laid down his life on the cross for our sins. He bore our judgment, our specific filth and sins on the cross. And his are the only stripes that can heal us. He had never done anything wrong. He asked one time, which one of you convicts me of sin? And if I sin not, why, don't, why do you not believe me? Why do you not believe me? So we have to understand we are filthy and understand who he is. Holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, higher than the heavens. And yet he loves us. That is a dynamic that humbles. You don't need the love of Christ because you're 90% okay and it's just with that 10% you need help with. You need the love of the Son of God because you're 100% in darkness, 100% in sin, 100% unable to do anything to make God look at you favorably unless He looks at you through His Son. We must have Christ. We must be loved by the Son of God, which is why Paul ends in verse 37 with, through Him that loved us. You know, there is way too much Christian exceptionalism today in the church. Way too much. Way too much pride of place, pride of possessions, pride of doctrinal heritage, or whatever it may be. But everything good we have, Everything good we have comes through him who loved us when we were undeserving of anything except his condemnation and wrath. Beloved, all strength comes from him. And if you have done one good thing in your life, in all your life, to please him in obedience to this word, he did it. Why? Because he loves you and gave you that grace. <coughs> Excuse me. Do you need wisdom as a parent? Where does it come from? It comes through him who loves us. Do you need grace to endure a difficult relationship? That grace comes through him who loves us. Do you need strength to deal with something you know you need to deal with in your life? or in your relationships, it is through him who loves us. Everything we have comes from the love of God, our Savior. Everything. We should all make a list this week of all the good things we think are in our lives. It may not be as long as we think it is. But every single one of them draw an arrow up to the name Jesus Christ. 
Because if there is anything good, if there is any hope for today, if there is any hope for tomorrow, it comes from Him who loves us and gave Himself for us. So this wondrous love, nothing can separate us from it. So what are we supposed to do with it? Just tuck it away in the back of our heads, of course, like we do every sermon. Tuck it away. Yeah, it was great. Hallelujah. Jesus loves me. Now let me go back and worry a little bit more. No. We're supposed to devote ourselves to the praise of him who loves us. Think about his love. Deal with the issues of our life and tell others about this love of Jesus. Paul says the love of Christ constrains us to do so. That is why we tell people about the gospel. It's not out of guilt. It's not because we're smarter than all the unbelievers. It's because his love for us constrains us to do so. Look at how the Son of God has loved me, a filthy sinner. So each one of you, think often about God's love for us and his son. Think of the cross. Think of that empty tomb. Think of the throne upon which Christ reigns at God's right hand. And remember that Jesus Christ is the son of God, the glorious one, the lamb of God who loves us and gave himself for us. Don't let a day go by without thinking of that love. You know, for every believer, there should be at least one moment every day, preferably a million, but there should be at least one moment when we, when the love of Jesus comes back to you. Do you know when that moment is? And if we thought of this more, we would be holier than we are. That one moment is when we have a quiet moment and you're thinking about, okay, I need to pray and seek the Lord and your sins come back to you. Everyone in here most assuredly sinned with their tongue this week. Every single person, either in what you did say or what you didn't say or the way you said it. Everyone in this room sinned with his or her thoughts this week, some worse than others. But it doesn't matter. Why? Because God doesn't grade in in shades of gray. And no one in here loved God with all their soul, strength, and mind, heart, and spirit at all, did you? Not one of us. And yet the holy, holy, holy God. We're supposed to walk with him. He's supposed to love us and be a friend to us. And be be there to help us and encourage us. How does he do this? Because the Lord Jesus Christ loved us and gave himself for us on the cross. So what is that moment? When you get on your face and you say, Father, you have taught me many lessons and I have listened to many sermons and perhaps you have even read many books and perhaps you have had many life experiences and perhaps you have even led many people to a knowledge of him. He does a great work in your life. But you know, at that one moment when you come back to the very first steps and you realize the Lord Jesus loved me and gave himself for me. And that is the only reason any of the rest of this is even possible. So, Father, here I stand again, unclean. I stand here in need of forgiveness once again. 
Will you please cleanse me through your son? That blood that he shed all those years ago, will you please cleanse me through it now? And he says, yes, I will. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So one of the things we ought to be looking for in our lives every week, every day, every month, every year is growing love for Christ. Because the truer and more honestly we are ourselves and the more marvelous his love becomes, we must see how great the love of Christ is for us. That he would, that we would be given paradise. We were sinners. We were vile, kicked out of the garden and now brought back in again. Why? Because he loved us and he gave himself for us. Believer, this week, the prayer of your heart needs to be, the activity of your faith needs to be more love to thee, O Christ. More love in my marriage for you. Husbands, we're selfish. You're selfish. I'm selfish. Are you serving your wife or are you serving yourself? Don't talk about loving Jesus if you are serving yourself mostly. Don't, don't, don't. It is hypocrisy and your wife knows it is. Wife, don't talk about loving God. And how great is the love of Christ if you cannot be merciful and forgive and encourage your husbands. Don't do it. It just rings hollow in the halls of hypocrisy. Don't do it. Children, don't talk about, well, I've been baptized. I love God. And you are secretly trying to get around what you know your parents want you to do. And you're just plotting and you're scheming. When can I go and have and do my own thing? When can I sow a few wild oats? Oh, don't you dare talk to me about the love of Jesus. You don't have the love of Jesus. You have the love of self. Don't do it. But there is a Savior who knows all about us. He knows how selfish and wicked I've been in my life. And how wicked and selfish everyone in this room has been in his or her life. And he says, I'll still forgive you. Do you have a godless past? Look to me. Is your presence present dark? <clears throat> I'm the light. Is your future unknown, cloudy, and you're worried about death? I'm the life. Come to me, I'll forgive you. I'll wash it away because my blood, having shed it once, it never needs to be shed again. For one time, I have forever cleansed those who look to me. How great is this deep, deep, high, high, broad, broad, wide, wide love of the Lord Jesus for us. Now I'll tell you, you're going to have to do some meditation and study on this on your own. Because I even have a hard time wrapping my mind around this kind of love. I struggled putting together this sermon. And I asked the Lord, how can I talk about this when I only know a little bit about it myself? It's like trying to explain a great steak, but the only meat you have ever had is grasshopper legs. It's kind of hard to talk about steak when all you've had is the gristle off a chicken thigh. So each one of us 
must be encouraged to study the love of God. Study the scriptures. Meditate on these things. No more of it. Because you are going to need it. I can assure you. There will be tribulation, stress, persecution is going to come. And there's only one thing you can hold on to. My Savior has not left me. He loves me. You know, many of the martyrs said, Lord, if I only had more lives to live for you, because I know you and your love is better by far than anything else. Well, that's all the time we have. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. It is our goal and desire that you would abound in grace through the preaching and teaching of God's Word. And that is why we come to you on a daily basis. Now, as we close out our time together, we also realize that some of these messages that are presented here on Abounding Grace are well worth reviewing again at your convenience. Maybe you joined us a bit late. Well, we have copies on CD. They're just $5. Mention today's date as you call or write to us. Here's how to get in touch with us. The phone number is 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're welcome to also visit our website, learn a bit more about us. We're at reformedheritage.org. Again, reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, if you would love to partner with us, if you're feeling led of the Lord to become a financial partner with us as we continue this ministry here on this station, please write to us at PMB number 402. And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, The zip code is 95032. Or, again, simply call us, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to join us for worship. Sunday services here at Reformed Heritage Church are at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. We meet at the Lone Hill Church 2 in the afternoon. Directions can be found at reformedheritage.org or by, again, calling 408-866. Eight six six five six zero seven. We thank you for joining us and trust we'll see you again next time we get together for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.